Welcome, everybody, to the Acefield Retro Wrestling Podcast and another edition of the Bell to Bell Interview Sessions. I am joined today by King Rob Love, and he's a proud member of the kingdom, former RCW Phoenix champion. Thank you for joining me, Rob. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. It's a pleasure to be here with you. I'm excited for this interview. I haven't done one in a long time, so this is exciting. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Awesome. But before we start, let's start with saying that our thoughts and prayers go out to the Scott Hall family. Uh, we just learned it was official that he had passed away. Uh, so one of my favorite oh, wow. wrestlers of all time. Uh, I know I would uh, don't want to speak for you, but I would assume you're a big fan of him. Do you have any favorite memories of Scott Hall, whether it be WWF, WWE, or, you know, WCW? Uh, you know, well, this is, I mean, I knew he was uh, taking off life support. This is like the first time I'm finding out that he actually just passed. So like that, like, yeah, it kind of, Taking back a little bit. Um, I was kind of hoping for, for a, a miracle there. But, you know, my favorite, uh, probably my favorite Hall memory, probably when he when he debuted on Nitro. Because that was like, that, that was a game changer for, for the Monday Night Wars and for pro wrestling. And uh, him coming over was huge. You know, like it changed the business in a lot of ways. You know, guys, you know, you're able to get a guaranteed contract now if you, if you sign with a major company. Um, but it was cool to see somebody from the WWF on on WCW television. So I'd say that's like my favorite Hall memory. Um, but he, you know, if you notice in a lot of the Kingdom stuff, there's a lot of shades of Hall and Nash. We throw up the the click sign, and um, I'll occasionally, if I'm able to in my match, uh, I'll throw in the uh, fallaway slam with the old. So um, you know, normally I'm not the bigger guy usually. Usually somebody else is bigger than me. But if I can pay a tribute to Scott in any match prior, you know, even before I was doing that already. So, um, and it sucks, you know, it sucks that he had to, you know, go so soon. You know, he's, he's like 63, I believe. Yeah, I believe he was 58. But, I mean, the guy lived his life beyond words. I mean, what a life the guy lived and what a legacy he'll leave behind. And like you said, he's influenced wrestlers from the past, the present, and I'm sure he'll continue to – his legacy will live on in the future. So, just sad, man. Uh, but let's get into you and why we have you here. We want to talk a little bit about what you're up to. And 2022 is off to a hot start for you. And most notably, that killer match you had with Ryan Ocean last weekend at Elite Championship Wrestling. Whipped, busted open, looked like a really gnarly match from the picks and the clips. Uh, you also forced the unconscious Luis Ramirez to kiss your royal foot at RCW Smoke Show. How would you describe the start of your year in the ring so far? You know, it's been it's been a great year. Uh, the pandemic really slowed everything down. Um, it allowed me an opportunity though to reflect on a lot of things. Like it was like, oh, there's life outside of wrestling, um, but there was only so much time that I could spend at home, uh, off the road. And then it's like, okay, you know, I, I got to get rocking and rolling here. So twenty this year uh, has been great. We've got heavy metal wrestling uh, here in San Antonio, River City Wrestling. Uh, elite in Florida, BIW, Mississippi, Louisiana. So um, I'm working a lot more, but it's been a great start. Um, we've had the opportunity to do a lot of great things. You know, uh, obviously, as you saw from Friday, Ryan Ocean <laughs> beating me down to bloody pulp, and um, just being able to to tell stories again and to to get in front of these crowds now as they're growing more and more. Because you know, when the pandemic hit, you know. When shows started to happen again, it was, it was social distancing and right. uh, crowds weren't as packed. But it's great to have these crowds, you know, back with us because we feed off of that. So, you know, bottom line, 2022 is off to a great start and we're just we're barely getting started. Uh, you're going to have to watch out for a lot of kingdom stuff. Myself and the Stud Stash are going to be taking over the tag division and heavy metal wrestling. I'm looking forward to seeing it. And you mentioned 2020. It was a tough year for everybody, especially wrestlers and live performers limited bookings and unable to perform in front of the fans that you're used to performing in front of uh, you, you kind of touched on it, but what did the experience of not being able to wrestle teach you about what you love about what you're doing right now? Well, so when the pandemic hit, um, I think it was like mid March, 2022, I had never taken more than two weeks off from the road. So I, I had been off the road, like per year I'd be off the road, probably two weekends a year, but never consecutive. So there usually be that Christmas break and maybe a break in the summer. But that was the first time where I had like, oh, my God, like I'm not wrestling. It's been two weeks and then it's three weeks and then it's four weeks. And then it's like, oh, like, what am I going to do with myself? But that allowed me an opportunity to discover 
you know, other things, other interests, um, be able to, to connect with friends again and spend quality time with family. But I did miss wrestling. I, I, but I was able to, uh, the, the big thing I was able to do was uh, watch a lot of film. And I was just watching a lot of wrestling at home, studying, trying to figure out new things that I could do when the time was right to return. Um, so it allowed me a chance to, you know, remember what I fell in love with, you know, go back and watch some of those old episodes of Raw, or go watch some of those old WCW pay-per-views. Um, and it allowed me, man, like, like that, that opportunity to just be like, get kid again, if you right. will, you know, and get lost in it again. Yeah. And I, I definitely check out your Instagram and you do post stories of you watching old wrestling and, uh, you and I, I mean, people don't know the backstory, but you and I met on an internet forum back in, I think it was 2004, 2005. Uh, yeah. So we go way back and you and I have been friends on social media and you are a student of the game. You appreciate even wrestling that came before us. I see you definitely watch, you know, rock and roll express stuff, midnight express, uh, mid Atlantic. I, I know that you watch it all. And I can tell that you're applying it to what you're doing in the ring now. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, I like stuff that came before my time. Like that's probably my favorite stuff is stuff that was before my time. Uh, rock and roll, Midnight Express, uh, the Brain Busters, Arn and Tully, the Horsemen, um, Steamboat, like all those, like just watching them and what they were able to do, how they were able to tell their stories. Um, you know, nowadays, I think some of that is lost in today's professional wrestling. There's not as much storytelling as there used to be back in the day. Now, the athletes today are phenomenal. I mean, you've got guys like Sammy Guevara that can do crazy, incredible things, uh, Ricochet and all these guys, which is great. Um, but I think we're also kind of losing, you know, the art of storytelling like it used to be, you know. Um, so I kind of try to do something a little bit different to those guys. I'm not as athletically gifted uh, as a Sammy. You know, you're not going to see me flying off the top rope doing a 450. I'll drop an elbow. <laughs> I'm not doing the 450. My, my hat's off to those guys, but um, I'm a huge old school fan. And a lot of my stuff is just a lot is very centered around that old school professional wrestling. Yeah, so I mean, we'll get into what's what inspired the Rob Love character. But right now, you're royalty, and the character Rob Love used to preach love, happiness, summer of love, if I remember correctly. But that's long. Yeah. What was the origin and story arc uh, of the character that we come to see today, and what's the inspiration of the name? Where did love come from? So love came from, uh, I was, right when I broke into wrestling, I was trying to figure out, okay, what am I going to be called, right? What's, what's my name going to be? And I knew I wanted to have Rob, but um, it was like, what's the last name going to be? What's that second part going to be? And, and a buddy of mine, uh, we were at his house and said, you know what? It, he said, don't worry about it. You're overthinking it. it. It'll come to you. And so I'm hanging out with him and I notice he's got this huge bookshelf. And I'm like, dang, that's a lot of books. So I go over, I walk over to the bookshelf and I'm looking at all the books. And there was one book, and on the spine it said love. And I'm like, that's it. I was like, it's going to be Rob Love. And so that's where the name love comes from. But the inspiration for the King character, um, I was working in elite uh, wrestling when we were running in uh, Louisiana. And uh, I became the junior heavyweight champion. And I had made a comment, I think, on Facebook or whatever. I said, I'm the king of the junior heavyweights, right? And thought nothing of it we had a situation that came up with the championship um the, the company didn't own the belt it actually belonged to one of the wrestlers and he was moving and so he was like i want to take my belt i don't want to just leave it here which we understand um the company asked uh if they could keep it they're like well fedex it to you and he's like no i just i want to take it with me so we were left in a situation where we we're not going to have a championship belt i'm the champion so ryan ocean who just beat me up was making the suggestion because he was kind of helping with the, with the writing and the creative. And he said, um, he says, why don't we, why don't we just tell a story that you melted the belt and made a crown? And, you know, you said you were the king of the junior heavyweights. Why don't we just say you melted the belt and made a crown and you call yourself a king. We have a coronation ceremony. And I was like, that's a great idea. I was like, let's do it. And the rest is history. I ran with that. And it's probably the best thing that ever happened to me. So thanks to that guy. You know, for taking his belt, and you know, it all worked out for the best. And it ties into the old school feel. I mean, how much of the characters derive from former King gimmicks like Jerry Lawler? I mean, you can even go back his recent history, King Booker, King Harley Race, even Owen Hart, King of Hearts. I'm sure you're taking from all those guys, right? 
Yeah, a, a lot of it. So if I'm, uh, I, I take a little, uh, quite a bit from Lawler. Um, you know, especially if I'm a babyface. I know Lawler is kind of remembered for being a heel, uh, but he did do some babyface work, and his punches were fire when he was a face. So I try to kind of emulate that. Um, I, there's a lot of Triple H influence in my in what I do. Uh, I know he's not, you know, um, along the lines of those kings, but um, King Booker. King Booker was uh, was actually where I started doing like this accent. So I was like, let me start doing this phony British accent because Booker did it. So I was like, well, why don't I do it? You know. So I took that from Booker, and, um, just little bits and pieces. Um, but uh, a lot of my baby face because I struggle—not struggle—I shouldn't say I struggle, but uh, I'm usually a heel. And so as a baby face, it's like I gotta switch it up a little bit. And so I kind of I kind of trend more toward Lawler as a baby. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely tell. I mean, there's a lot to draw from. The King gimmick has been done. It seems like you're doing new things with it, which is really impressive because, you know, it's it's hard to do something that's been done before, but you're doing a great job at it. Um, Thank you. So uh, being busy, you did mention about some of the current wrestlers today. Are you keeping up at all the wrestling that pops up all over the place, or do you have a favorite promotion that you sit back and watch as a fan still? You know, I don't watch – I don't watch weekly um, – I, if somebody tells me, Hey, check this match out, I'll go and watch it. Um, but I just don't have the time to sit and watch like a raw or a SmackDown here and there. I've caught some dynamite. Um, and I think they have a lot of potential. Um, but you can tell that there's, they need a little bit of structure, I think in the, in the backstage environment. Um, having been, uh, uh, at WWE a handful of times in my career, I can tell you that that company is a well-oiled machine. Like they they dot their eyes, they cross their T's. I mean, it it's it. I remember the first time I went, I was like, "Holy cow, this is huge!" Um, but I think AEW is kind of lacking that that structure. Um, but I think that they have arguably some of the best wrestlers in the world: Brian Danielson, CM Punk. Um, I like watching those guys. I like watching MJF. Um, so I've seen some of their stuff. I have watched a couple of Dynamics, but on the regular, I can't sit back and watch. I just don't have the time for it. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, there's a lot going on now, and Tony Khan uh, bought Ring of Honor, so hopefully the bloated roster can go a little bit into that. Maybe it's like a, their version of NXT before the NXT became its own, the colorful brand, as they call it now. Uh, but it's definitely – there's a lot of options for places to work, and I think that's good for everybody. Yeah, you know – I, I I want to touch on something you mentioned NXT and how they're the colorful brand. Uh, I was there the times that I went, it was like, I guess the OG NXT. Um, and there was something special about that. Just having been there those handful of times, I can tell you that locker room was special. You can just tell they had like a camaraderie amongst each other. Um, and there was like this, this, this different energy um, there. And it's a good thing. Um, and I'm thankful that I had an opportunity to actually have a match on NXT, albeit three minutes, but it was it was quite the I mean it was quite the experience. That's I haven't seen a locker room like that, like that that energy that they had. Like they they knew they had something special. Absolutely, and you could tell it translated on TV and all those takeovers. Uh, so I recently had a conversation with you after I attended Outlaw Wrestling. You commented on my picture when I took a picture with the Rock and Roll Express um, via DM. And you said one of your dream opponents was to wrestle them on their farewell tour. Hopefully, maybe this is not their farewell tour and you'll get a chance. Who else is on that dream list for Rob Love? Who else do you want to be in the ring with right now? Uh, you know, Lawler would definitely be one. I know he's kind of like not as active, but I've mixed it up with him once before. Um, not in a match, but I was able to. We got in there and I, I, I gave him a punch and um i never got a receipt for it so i'm sure he wants to get his receipt but um jared is another one uh, jeff jared i i saw him um i actually watched the gcw pay-per-view where he wrestled effie yeah. and uh, i was watching that in support of my of my friend asf and uh i remember watching jared and i said man like he can still go and i mean he's he's, he's good i mean you know for his age and so I, I would love uh, – it's Jarrett, Lawler, Rock and Roll Express. Off the top of my head, those are guys that I would like to work. Um, Samoa Joe, I, I know he's uh, – my understanding is he's not under contract with anybody. Right. Uh, so that would be another another dream scenario. But I would say those four guys. Or the, that, you know, the Rock and Roll, 
uh, Lawler, um, Joe. Uh, those would be, you know, those would be my dream. Uh, and Jared. Yeah, and with, with Jeff, it's so impressive what he's doing with GCW. He's reinventing himself and taking, you know, what was a career, a legacy that was already established and just adding to it. So impressive. So that's a great answer. I love what he's doing with GCW. I love, I did watch the GCW event from Hammerstein Ballroom and uh, when he wrestled Effie, that was awesome. The guitar, the stroke with the guitar around his neck, that was awesome. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, man, I don't know if I'd take that, but it looked a little dangerous. But no, kudos to Effie for taking that. I, that whole, I love that match. That, actually, that was my favorite match on that whole card. I agree with um, that. Effie really impressed me, and he stepped up to the plate, and I think it was a great match. Uh, so you've certainly become a staple of RCW in San Antonio. I would say that's probably your home base. Uh, what has it been like to watch guys like Karrion Cross? I think Scarlett was there, Matt Cardona last week, and other cycling through the promotion. What was your experience, and what do you think it's doing for RCW to have those guys in? I think it's great. It allows, um, you know, for people that are going to come out to our show, um, maybe for the first time, because, you know, Matt Cardona's on the card, or, or whoever, whomever it may be, um, it allows new eyeballs to see me. You know what I mean? So... I think it's great. I think it helps the company as a whole because it could bring fresh, uh, you know, fresh fans, new fans to, to see our product and allow them to see, hey, you know, we have other stars uh, here that you're going to enjoy uh, and that you can come see on the regular. Um, so I think it's great. I, I, I've been with RCW my whole career uh, with a couple of breaks here and there, but we've always had impact guys come in, WWE guys. I've had the opportunity to work with, with, with Hernandez, uh, Gallows, Knox. Uh, Rikishi, Road Warrior, Animal, Tatanka, Barbarian, Warlord. Um, so I've been I've been blessed to work all those guys in RCW, but it allowed um, you know new eyeballs to see me. With those guys coming in and drawing those fans, it allowed new fans to see me and become fans of mine. So I'm thankful for it. I think it's great. I think when when promotions do that, um, it helps the business out. I know like some people get mad when WWE brings in names, um, but I think you know. You could have a casual person that sees they know who Dwayne Johnson is. Oh, hey, he's gonna be on, you know, WrestleMania. Let me check it out. Right. Um, so I think it, it, you know, in general, when stuff like that happens, it allows an opportunity for new fans to come in and become fans of the newer generation of wrestlers. Absolutely. That's how you get eyes on the product. And like you said, people may be coming for the first time out because they listen to the major pod or their dad was a fan of Tito Santana and he happens to be in town that night. <clears throat> right. then you wind up becoming a fan of rob love and seeing what you're doing then you have a, a lifelong fan on their hands so um so texas has a long and meaningful lineage of wrestling obviously i don't speak to you your you know hometown is texas san antonio uh, whether it be the von erics eddie guerrero terry funk stone cold steve austin Shawn michaels the list goes on do you feel a sense of pride for texas uh and its wrestling lineage when you're in the ring whether it be in our at our in rcw or when you travel across state lines yeah, you know, there is a sense of, of pride, you know, um, wrestling here at home, of course, in-state. Um, you know, we have, uh, you know, there's, 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 we have a lot to live up to, you know. Uh, they're big shoes to fill. I mean, it's, they could have their own separate wing in the Hall of Fame, you know, of right. just Texas guys. Um, but going to other states, too, there is that, that sense of pride. Like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm one of the Texas boys, you know, uh, and we can go. You know, we have a history of wrestling and we intend to keep that up. Um, you know, with my gimmick, though, I don't uh, I don't get announced from Texas. Um, I get announced from either. If, so if it's winter, it's my winter residence in the <laughs> Netherlands, Antilles, which I took from uh, DiBiase um, or my spring residence where, you know, whatever time of year it is, I have a different residence. Um, but there is. Yeah, definitely. There's a sense of pride like in the locker room for me. Like I'll come in, and you know, guys know. Oh, yeah, you're from Texas, you know. And, and there is that, yeah, there's that pride. You know, we wear it proudly. Absolutely. And the thing is, like, I, I mentioned a few names. You can have a full wing in the Hall of Fame, like you mentioned, and the list goes on. Even John Layfield, guys like that, that aren't just, yeah. you know, guys that are, you know, still doing it now, whether it be announcing. And I'm sure that Texas is going to continue to bring up wrestlers throughout, you know, different companies. So I mentioned Cardona before. Uh, that certainly brings up NWA as he is the champion now. Um, so well before Power re reignited the NWA broadcast product, you spent some time in NWA Elite, which you did mention before, based out of Louisiana. That was September 2017, I believe. As the junior heavyweight champion, 
Uh, what was that experience like working under the NWA umbrella before they got started? I mean, because still carries the lineage of NWA. Yeah, it was it was uh it was nice. It was cool. Like it's like and you know like there's that history. And again, we're talking about you know you're talking about Texas history now. We're talking about the National Wrestling Alliance, and there's a weight that's carried with that. Um, I was also part of uh, Wrestling Revolution, which is no longer uh, it doesn't exist anymore. But at the time, uh, they were also NWA affiliated. Bruce Starp was the president. He's from the Valley, and I've uh, you know interacted with Bruce when he was president, and still you know uh, here and there we'll keep in touch. But yeah, there was there was a sense of fight. I, I remember uh, also tagging in McAllen, and we were uh, at one point we were ranked in the top ten. Uh, for the National Wrestling Alliance as, as a tag team. And that was pretty cool. And I, I had no idea. Like, I remember somebody sending me, like, hey, dude, you're you're listed on the top 10 for the NWA tag team. So that was cool. Um, and, yeah, it's, you know, because Flair, you know, I, I for me, Flair is a huge influence yeah. on me as a wrestler, my character. And I, when I think NWA, I think Flair. I think Dusty. You know, I think Steamboat. And so, yeah, there was there was a sense of pride with that, too, at that time. Yeah, definitely. And like just having the name and the fact that it's becoming more of a, a mainstay product. I mean, power really helped. And the fact that Cardona is champion, it really takes it a long way because the name NWA still has some weight in the wrestling business. And you mentioned the guys that have been NWA champions. It's a pretty, uh, pretty long list of great guys. Um, I'm sure people always ask you about the origin of teaming with Stud Stash. He's been following me on Instagram now uh, and the rest of the kingdom. So can you explain how you guys got together? Was it always as seamless and cohesive as it seems from the outside looking in? Or do you guys just start yeah. traveling together? It, it was very seamless. So we met, the first time we met, we were doing on a show, we were on a show in Laredo. Um, so that's how we got introduced. And then we, for the same company, they were running in, um, God, it was a town called Dilly, Dilly, Texas, a small town. And uh, I was in the main event that night with the hometown kid. And so of course, you know, Hometown guy is going to be the baby face and I'll be the heel. Um, you know, so that night I'm in the main and, and I, you know, he's there. And I said, hey, man, I said, you know, I said, you want to, you want to walk, you want to walk me in the ring? You want to manage me tonight? Uh, and he's like, yeah, I'm down. And I was like, all right, let's do it. I, I think, I think we could have something here. I was like, let's just try it. Let's just try it tonight. And man, I mean, we clicked right off the bat. And I was like, dude, we got something. Let's, let's link up here. And so uh, at that time, I was tagging a lot with Johnny Montana out of Laredo. And so we kind of formed the OG kingdom, which was Johnny Montana, Stud Stash, and myself. And um, it was very seamless. I mean, we, we hit it off right off the bat, you know, in the ring, outside the ring. Um, and we're best friends. I mean, uh, he's my brother. You know, I would, I'd take a bullet for that guy. Um, and so I think that trans our friendship and our camaraderie and our, our tightness transfers into the ring um, when we're working together. But uh, yeah, it was very seamless when we linked up and we had the OG kingdom. And then of course, later on down the line, we added DJX into our group as well. But uh, me and Stash, yeah, it was like, it felt like we had known each other for years and years. Yeah, I saw some of the, the promo photos you guys posted and I definitely got an evolution four horsemen vibe to it where you guys were holding the championships. Uh, and it feels like you guys have a rugged side to you, but also want to show that you guys are professional as well. And I can definitely see where you guys are going with the gimmick. So it's really awesome. And he seems like an Thank awesome you. guy. I want to get Stud Stash on here as well to have a conversation with him because he seems like an interesting guy. Well, he's here right now. <laughs> if, you wanna... say if you want to okay, pop in. Uh, let, me, let me get him over here. Stash, they want, us, they want you to pop in and say hi real quick. <laughs> So he's not going to be able to hear the volume because uh, I've got head headphones on. But no worries, uh, I'll have him say where they can find him on social. Where can they find you on social media? <laughs> I'm at a uh, official underscore stash one. He, he remembered. He took his pills today. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, so we're gonna so get you. I'll ask him. One of these days. So, would you like to be on the show? I thought I'm on the show now. Well, he's on the show, but I mean, like, <laughs> you be the. The guest and uh, okay, uh, yeah, sounds good. He's down. There we All go. Right. Oh, we'll, we'll organize something so you guys right now look forward to stud stash sometime in the future. All right, heck yeah, man. There you go. Too sweet. 
Too sweet. So back to you for a sec. So you consistently rock the singlet in the ring. Am I correct in believing that it's a tribute to guys like Mr. Perfect, Kurt Angle? And what do you pull from their success in the ring and what draws you to them as a fan personally? Am I right with the Kurt Angle and, and Mr. Perfect? It's more Mr. Perfect. Yeah. Um, and then, so my, uh, the singlet, I like, I like that look. I always kind of like that, that, that angle, that panning, you know, that singlet look. And so I, I wanted to, and Owen, Owen was another one that rocked the singlet. And so uh, my current singlet is inspired by, by Mr. Perfect. Uh, it has the, the little V in the back. Um, we're actually going to go get measured tomorrow. Uh, for some new ones and stuff, because I, I need a new I need a new singlet. Um, so we're gonna do a couple of designs and stuff and get measured. Uh, but yeah, perfect is the current one. I know at one point uh, the one that I wore at NXT was uh, they had a heart with the crown on top. That was Owen Hart, King of Hearts uh, inspired. Um, I did. I had one singlet with like just hearts all over. Uh, but the last two that I've had were it was Owen and then perfect. Uh, and the next one will be, uh, it'll it'll have perfect on it. I think we're also going to do uh, an Outsiders. Uh, it'll be a singlet, but it'll be like an Outsiders, uh, awesome. which we had, had already planned um, because we, you know, we're huge Outsider fans. That is awesome. I noticed he was uh, Stash was wearing the Wolfpack shirt as well, so paying tribute. Yes. You, you guys are always rocking some sort of Wolfpack stuff as well on your Instagram yeah. stories. We were uh, we were at the gym today, and so he wore the wolf pack. I wore the NWO uh, shirt on my back. It has uh, Hall Hey Yo, like a picture of Hall saying Hey Yo. So yeah, we're always you know we're always rocking. I mean, we, we love like I, we compare our friendship, our brotherhood to the brotherhood of Hall and Nash. Immensely close, those two guys. So I can only imagine how close you guys are. Uh, and the yeah. one thing about the single too, pulling down the straps, you show everyone you're serious. So Kurt Angle used to pull them down when things got real in the ring. So that's a nice little touch you can pull out, pull out in the ring as well. I'm sure that's awesome. Yes, here and there I do it. Um, I I, I kind of try to save that for those like, oh man, like it means business, like those moments. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's cool because like yeah, when Angle would do that, it'd be like, oh, that's it, it's that's on it. now. Yep. Uh, so you mentioned Hernandez before you got to work him. So we all have an origin story, and everyone's unique. What brought you into training with Hernandez? And why did you ultimately decide to train with him all the way back in 2012? So um, I had uh, I had a couple of wrestlers like on my so on my social media on, at that time. They knew I was a fan. They knew that I had had interest in training. And so one of them had hit me up and he said, "Hey, you know, we're opening up a school here in San Antonio with RCW. You know, you should contact Brandon Oliver if you're interested." And so um, I did. And then he he also put me in touch with one of the the assistant trainers, which is Don Juan, who just made his return. Um, and Don Juan worked at Gold's Gym, and he worked at the gym I went to, but we happened to run any, into each other by chance. And he started talking to me about it. He's like, dude, you should do it. Let's, you know, we'll get a workout in together. And so we worked out together. And then uh, we ended up uh, going to the actual school itself, you know, seeing what it was like. And then I was like, no, sign me up. Um, and then I, of course, met Sean. You know, Sean was of course another drawing point because you know at the time he was with tna um you know and as a kid you know when i was you know growing up i was watching you know tna on fsm uh, and i was a huge lax fan um so that was like you know i'm like you know it's a no-brainer you know work with the guy that's on tv learn from him uh, learn from veterans that were already part of the company and the company was already at that time uh, already a staple of professional wrestling in san antonio Absolutely. And honestly, you couldn't have asked a better guy to train you. Like you said, LAX is some, someone that they were entertaining throughout their run. And I'm sure, uh, you know, obviously TNA is built into your, your fandom because it's not just WWE people forget when we were growing up, the AJ Styles era, Samoa Joe era, and even Kurt Angle in the TNA days, yeah. that was some quality wrestling. And th there was a second option to watch. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I'll go back and I'll watch some stuff from, from that era. I think that there's a lot of hidden gems. I think that was some of the best wrestling we've ever seen, uh, ever. Um, yeah. I think you look at the matches that AJ had with, with Daniels and Joe, like them competing against each other, then the triple threat, uh, unbreakable, um, that, that triple threat that those guys had. That's probably like one of my favorite triple threats of all time. Uh, but it was, a, it was, that was a heck of a time. 
to be a fan. And, and I wish more people at that time had had an opportunity to watch TNA wrestling. And even early TNA days with the Amazing Red, I was just at uh, House of Glory Wrestling. I, I saw a show on Friday night at, um, at NYC Arena in Jamaica, Queens. And that's uh, Amazing Red's promotion. And he's still out there doing his thing. And he's still so talented. And I remember watching him at NWO when they used to do the weekly pay-per-views. And that was incredible to watch TNA go off. And Amazing Red was doing things. I mean, now, like you mentioned, Sammy Guevara doing a 630 through a table. But at the time, Amazing Red was the only guy doing those things in the United States, and it blew my mind. Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, he's probably one of the one of the best juniors ever. Yeah. So wrestling today has been heralded as on, on the verge of another boom period. I think you any anyone would agree with that. It's awesome as a fan, but as a wrestler, what is the best part of wrestling in 2022? Uh, going from promotion to promotion. I think there's um there's a new level of energy. There's an excitement. Like, uh, people can feel that like, Oh my God, like wrestling is booming. again. like we have WWE, you've got AEW, there's impact. There's uh, ROH will be coming back. I'm assuming, um, GCW, uh, there are different options for, for guys, um, or for fans and of course guys to work. Um, so I think the energy that you're, that, us as performers are feeling with these audiences, uh, they know that something special is happening right now. And I think everybody's just enjoying professional wrestling, which I think that's the ultimate goal, right? Everybody should just, just enjoy it, have fun, watch it. And one of the other options we talked about was NXT, and I know it's under the WWE umbrella, but you mentioned your time at NXT, the brief appearance you had uh, back in 2018, where the match, I went to cage match, did my research, TM61, Nick Miller, and Shane Thorne, defeated Mike Hughley and Robbie Grand. So a lot has changed between 2018 and 2022 version of NXT. You touched on it before about the camaraderie in the locker room for the, of the black and gold brand. What was the atmosphere like and how did it compare to working elsewhere? Well, the atmosphere, you know, um, I, I just, I was just taken back. I mean, you it's just a well-oiled machine. I mean, that, you know, it's business. Um, everybody's there, you know, to, to do the best job that they can. Um, but there was that, that vibe, that camaraderie, you could feel like this electricity in that locker room. Um, they knew they were building something special. And so I had, I had, I mean, I've been a part, I've been a part of some amazing locker rooms. Don't get me wrong, but like on that large of a scale to feel that electricity and that vibe and, you know, the, you can you could see the focus of these guys when they were preparing, um, you know, for the set of tapings. So I, I had a blast. I loved it. Um, you know, working with the Mighty Six One, um, those were two amazing guys uh, to work with. They were very very awesome, uh, very respectful. Um, I I had I had a blast. I mean, it was it was one of the best experiences of my life being a part of that locker room and just seeing how the machine actually works. Did they give you the Robbie Grant name that day? Like that day you came in, like you're Robbie Grant today. Congrats. Well, so here's, so I was there for two days worth of tapings. Um, so they were taping, it was like five episodes over two days. So I think they were doing three on uh, day one and two on the second day. Um, so I get there on day one. And, and so like we're supposed to be there, it's like 12 o'clock. Uh, so I show up and then you're sitting and you're waiting. Um, and then... You know, a few hours go by and then they, you know, they come with the guys that they've asked to come down uh, that aren't under contract and, and uh, they tell you what you're going to do. And so that first day, I didn't get anything. I mean, they, they were like, no, we don't have anything for you today. Um, and so um, it's cool. You know, I'm, I'm happy to be here, you know. So uh, day one, I had nothing. Day two, they, you know, same thing. We show up at 12 o'clock, full sale. And then, uh, the, you know, a few hours later, they go over the rundown and they talk to us. and um the meeting finishes and there's nothing for me and then we all go to walk away and uh they're like robert um they're like where's robert and i'm like i don't know i'm right here <laughs> and uh they're like yeah you're in a tag match tonight and you know uh scotty you know is going to be your agent scotty scotty so i was like oh okay and so immediately i'm like all right you know go time we gotta get ready and so um you know they get with us and, uh, you know, I guess at that moment, you know, the last thing that's on your mind is, well, what are they going to call me tonight? Uh, 
But the announcer comes over uh, to us and uh, she says, uh, we're going to introduce you as uh, Mike Hughley and, and Robbie Grant. Um, how the origin of the name Grand came, I, I, I have no clue. I, Robbie, I'm assuming they took because my real name is Robert. Um, and of course, I go by Rob on the Indies. Um, the only thing I can think of for the Grand is that uh, my last name, my actual last name starts with a G. And I'm thinking maybe they were like, all right, let's just call him Robbie Grant. I, I honestly can't tell you. I can only speculate as to why they called me Robbie Grant. So interesting that you were out in the ring and didn't even know what they were calling it. That's that's fascinating. Yeah. So you know, but when you're there to you know to do that that type of job, you're like you know you've got you're worried of like your name is the least yeah of your worries that night. Um, that you know, I always get nervous before matches. Um, uh, it, I think it's a normal thing. Um, I'm always comfortable. I'm never like worried or concerned. But I have that nervousness that comes with okay, it's go time night. Uh, that night, I was like, I was probably, like, I was at a 10. Like, the last time I had ever been that way was my debut match. And uh, I remember just, like, chugging water like it was nobody's business before <laughs> before it was time to go out. And they were like, all right. They're like, head over to the gorilla position. You're up. I'm like, all right, here we go. But once I got through the curtain, it was like, okay, you know, it's, it's just another day at the office. Let's go. So you mentioned uh, that you don't really watch a lot of wrestling today, uh, but I'm sure you've seen, we mentioned the colorful change to NXT 2.0. Do you think the change was a good or or bad thing for the product, or you just feel like it was one of those things that just had to happen naturally? You know, I I haven't had a chance to watch too much of it, Um, but I think that change, uh, change was inevitable. Um, Whether they made the right change or the wrong change, you know, time's going to tell. Um, but I've, obviously I've heard people comment that they don't like, um, this version of NXT, but I, I couldn't give you an answer as to whether I think it's, it's a good thing or a bad thing. Cause I haven't really watched that much of it. Um, but time's going to tell whether they made the right choice or the wrong choice, but they have, you know, they have great talent that's down there still, I mean, you know, you Ciampa and, uh, Braun Beaker. And I guess he just got called up. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he did just get called up. And you also but, got the new uh, Pete Dunn got called up, and now he's known as Butch. So, um, yeah, my, yeah. my thing, not to go on a, a tangent about it, but I think the biggest complaint I would have about it that NXT had its own thing going on, and I think AEW took NXT's thing. So they just felt like if we're not going to take the roster from NXT and have them be successful on the main roster, you got guys like Keith Lee, Karrion Cross, all failing to. In Vince, Vince's mind, get over on the main roster. What's the point of a developmental if it's not going to be a pipeline to create new stars? So I'm okay with it as long as these guys like Braun Breaker, when he gets called up, they're going to take him seriously as the guy that they want him to be because that's the point of developmental. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I, I think, um, you know, I, I think a lot of what they, some of what they did, of course, it, you know, they said they had to make business decisions. Um, as far as like some of the cuts that they made, I think they they let a lot of really good talent go, um, and of course AEW is you know taking taking these guys. I think the problem with that though on on AEW side is now they're going to have, and I think that they do now they've got too much talent. Yeah, you know, there's only so many spots available, um, so that might become a problem for them and, and for some of the guys that aren't going to get used anymore because new guys are coming in. Um, but definitely they let a lot of, uh, they let a whole plethora of, of great guys that could have been main roster guys go. Yeah. And we'll see. I think the future is bright for Braun Breaker. He's from a, the Steiner heritage, so it's in his blood. So I think he's the next future star for them. I agree. Uh, is it Breaker or Beaker? Have I been uh, saying Breaker. that wrong? Uh, I've been Breaker it. before. So he's a singlet guy. So I think you, you and him would get along. Singlet guys. Yeah. No, totally, totally. I, I've probably been butchering his name this entire time. Uh, it just goes to show how much I actually like watch because I right. It's all good. So we talked about the match on NXT. Enhancement talent is a much needed aspect to building stars in wrestling. You said you're a fan of the old school type of wrestling. That's how they got stars over in the '80s. Go back to the '70s, early '90s. Um, I know you don't do it often. You know when you're wrestling in RCW and different places, you're not in there to put over other talent, you're having long long matches. What's the main difference mm-hmm. in working as enhancement talent 
as a guy like Robbie Grant and then having to formulate a longer match like Rob Love? Well, uh, in, a, in a normal match, you know, when I'm wrestling and we're going to go 15, 20, whatever yeah. it is, you know, we're, we're telling a story. So, you know, we're trying to put over a certain idea, a certain thing, whatever it is, like we're telling that story. Um, and so that's, that's the job there. When it comes to being an enhancement talent, the focus is not at all on you. The focus is on the two guys that you're there to, to put over and do, and do the job for. And there's nothing wrong with, with doing a job. Um, so that the big difference is the focus is on those guys and making those guys, you know, your one job is just to make those guys look like a million bucks, um, as best you can. Um, it's not about you, and the zero percent is about you in those matches, it's all about those guys that they're trying to push. Uh, I can tell you that just to go back to that match itself, uh, I remember I was on the apron like when we first came out, so we came out during commercial. Um, so we weren't going to get an entrance. We just had to walk. Out. I think the girls were doing a promo segment. They were heading up the ramp. They sent us out side side ramp. And so as we came out, uh, they started chanting like jobbers and stuff. You know, they were like jobbers, like yeah, you know. And so when I was on the apron, the tag, they started a let's go uh, six one, let's go jobbers chant. And I remember my natural instinct was to like look back at the crowd and react to them like, oh, you're, you're cheering for me. Hey, let me let me engage you. And then I was like, oh shoot, I better not <laughs> I better not do that. My right. job is not to my job is not to work them. My job is just to put these guys over. So uh, that's the big difference. And you know, I caught myself in that moment because naturally I wanted to work them and pull them in. Like if I hear that, let me I want to build on that chant. Uh, but in that moment I was like, no, we're here to just do a job. The focus is not on me or my partner, it's on these guys. Very good point. I mean, that's the thing. That's small things like that help put over the talent. If you were garnering any positive attention, you're not doing your job. So that's a just shows you have the instinct right there. Uh, so 2022, the year is already, I mean, believe it or not, three months in. So, so you work for the first time with Championship International Wrestling. I think I have that correct. How was your experience with, at CIW as you continue to branch out with different promotions with the King Rob Lowe character and, you know, the kingdom? Well, I was at uh, at BIW. I was, uh, you said CIW? Yes, yeah, CIW Championship International Wrestling. Cage match could have it wrong. So correct. They probably have it. They probably have that wrong. Uh, but uh, I know I worked for BIW. Maybe they got that messed up. Possibly but, initial wrong. Yes. But uh, no, BIW. Uh, that's probably one of the top Southern promotions in the country. Um, that is a place where. You know, they are an old school crowd. I mean, they they love their old school wrestling. Um, I am probably like the most hated guy down there <laughs> with that audience. Um, you know, so much so that one of the last times I was in Brookhaven, Mississippi, uh, we had a fan try to attack me. Uh, so, uh, but just that I like, I love that, you know, to, to be able to pull a fan in, make them forget you know, about the real world and literally just get engaged and like hate me so much that they, they literally want, they want to attack me or, you know, see the baby face beat me up. Uh, but doing these promotions, BIW, RCW, Elite, um, Heavy Metal, traveling all over, um, you know, I'm excited because all these places are growing and there's that energy. You, the fans know that this is the boom period for professional wrestling and you can feel it with every show and the fans are excited they're more excited than i've seen them uh over the last few years and so there's that that energy and that electricity that comes with it so 2022 feels great i think this is the like the first year where people are actually having an opportunity to really enjoy themselves without as many restrictions as we've had with covid um i've heard people say like oh this is going to be the first like non-covid summer if you will you know not that covid not to minimize covid or anything but uh, I think people are excited. There's that energy, especially with professional wrestling, because um, pro wrestling has always been an escape for people. Anybody that's a fan knows that wrestling allows them to escape from any problems that they have. Yeah, and when done well, you can suspend belief. And like you mentioned, you can get away from real-life problems. And everybody knows, predetermined or not, you're there for the show. And if you can get invested, that's the best part about it. Oh, yeah, 100%. So you've 100%. done both working matches as a single competitor, um, as of late, uh, for the most part, but being involved in a faction, you have natural tag matches made up for you. 
Which do you prefer, and what is the main difference in mindset when you're working a tag match um, or just getting ready for a singles match? Uh, preference, uh, probably tags. I, I, I love tag team wrestling. There's something special about tag tag team wrestling. I think a lot of a lot of stuff nowadays, tag team matches are not what they used to be. So for me, when we go into a tag match, you're trying to work together as a well-oiled machine. You're working together. Uh, and I think a lot of times today we see tag matches that turn into uh, two different singles matches. You know what I mean? These, these tags are not, you know, I'm not singling anybody out, but I'm just saying, generally speaking, more so on the independence, you see two singles matches. So, like, person A will link up with person B and they're only doing something. And then person C and D are doing something. Well, nobody's working together as a unit. You know, if you're a tag team, you're supposed to be a well on machine. You know, uh, if I'm in trouble, I'm hoping for a blind tag from my partner to come in and help me out. You know, we're going to do some tag moves or we're going to hit a, you know, hit a slide, you know, quick little tag and come in and drop down, drop kick or whatever it is. Uh, but for me, when you're in a tag match as a tag team, you're trying to tell that story of, hey, these are two, these are two teams. These are two well-oiled machines that are going to work together to try to win this, this contest. Uh, whereas in a singles match, it's, it's, it's a one-on-one. You're not worried about that. Um, and so the good thing about tags is if, if uh, you're like me and you get blown up here and there, stuck in for win, you can you can tag out. Let me hang out on the apron, brother, so I can catch my breath. But uh, pre- preferably, I mean, tag matches. I love it. There's something special about it. And so if I had to choose between the two, definitely tag. Uh, but singles are great too. I love telling those stories as well. Yeah, I mean, obviously with the Rock and Roll Express, those are a dream opponent for you. So uh, wrestling tag, and they're two that have done it the best, and they're still doing it today, which is remarkable. If you go back and watch their old matches and just see what they did with the Midnight Express and the stories that were told, it's their stories inside stories just going on throughout the match. And I think that's what's missing in tag wrestling. And I think AEW is getting better at making tag wrestling feel important again. So hopefully it gets to a point like a team like FTR is rejuvenating what the tag division used to be back in the day. Yes. And that is actually, if I may add to my dream list, that is is another uh, dream match right there. Myself and Stash versus FTR—that would be great. They honestly, they are taking indie booking, so we'll see what happens. I know that they're hinting at uh, once they're done with the Briscoe brothers, then maybe they'll head your way. That would be phenomenal. <laughs> so you've been doing this for ten years now, Rob. Do you have a favorite opponent right off the top of your head? Can you think of one person you're like, "Wow, we're going to go out there and give a fifteen to twenty minute banger of a match"? Man, I mean, there's a lot. Um, Johnny Bedlam is, is one of those guys. Um, he, he, you know, some of the guys are like, who are you talking to? Because we have a bunch of guys here. But Johnny Bedlam is one of those guys. Uh, we just had one not too long ago. Teflon John. Excuse me. He's correcting me. He's changed his name. I'm sorry, Johnny. Teflon John. Okay, my fault. We're about to have a match over his name right now. Uh, but, he, you know, he's a guy, you know, that we, we had a match uh, about a month and a half ago or whatever it was. And we just went out there and, and just, just had fun with it. I mean, fed off of each other, told a great story. Um, so off the top of my head, definitely Teflon John. <laughs> uh, but there's a lot of guys. I, I don't want to, you know, I, I could go on and, and name a bunch. But off right off the top, definitely Johnny Bedlam is, is that guy. Yeah. I mean, top, top of your head was the question. So you answered it pretty distinctly. with the, with the the And that's the answer you're going to stick with. So – Again, top of your head, who's the most crucial person in your wrestling life? It could be Stash as your best friend. And can you just tell me about the relationship with that person and why they're so important? Uh, definitely Stash, because to be honest with you, you know, of course, the pandemic changed everything. And I, uh, you know, I missed wrestling. But when I came back, you know, there was a lot of questions to whether, you know, man, you know, okay, you know, I got to get back on this bike and ride. And can I do it? And, um, you know, I don't know if I would still be wrestling without Stash. Um, I think he's kind of reignited a fire within me. Um, and that was, that's another thing about the pandemic. It, him and I really got close during the pandemic. And I think, you know, he also helped my appreciation for professional wrestling and reignited that fire. Uh, and that, now we're rocking and rolling. Now we're, like, we're motivated. We want to be the best tag team, not just in Texas, but in the world. Awesome answer. And I, I appreciate the bond that both of you have. And I think that's very rare to have in this world. I mean, in the wrestling business too, it's important to have. Uh, so 
Rob, part of the show is talking about future stars such as yourself, and wrestling seems to have more young talent than ever. We talked about some of the names. Um, who are three wrestlers you'd recommend for people to look at to look out in 2022 from RCW and beyond? And why do you think they're going to impress everybody in 2022? Uh, Teflon John. Definitely check him out because Teflon John's on the rise. Stud Stash. Stud Stash is on the rise as well. Um, and the third one, you know what? I'm going to say myself. You better come check out myself because I'm still on the come up too. So I, I'm not finished by a long shot. So we are winding down a little bit. We're heading to 50-minute mark. Uh, I like to end things with a very positive sort of philosophical question. So in a very negative compliment for the field sometimes to keep people going, and you mentioned a lot of bad times with the pandemic and trying to keep your head above water and wanting to do best your best work in the ring. Currently, do you, so you seem like a very positive person, but I'm sure you need to pick me up every once in a while. So what's the best compliment you've ever received in the wrestling world? Could have been a quick one or a long one. Best compliment I ever received was uh, from Road Warrior Animus. Uh, when we did business in RCW, he was like the guest GM or whatever. And he, I came back and he said, uh, I, he, he was like, you have so much heat. He goes, you remind me of Arn and Tully when they were working me and, and, and Hawk. Wow. You have that type of heat. That was the best compliment I've ever received. Wow. And you said you're a huge Brain Busters fan, so I mean, you must have been... Trying to no sell it at first to, to <laughs> I'm like, oh, thank you. But then you went home later and were smiling ear to ear, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, 100%. I, I was like, that it don't get no better than that. You know, especially like idolizing those guys, it doesn't get any better than that. To hear that from a legend like that. So before I let you go, and I want to thank you again for joining me. This has been so much fun catching up and getting to know a little bit about you. Uh, so give me a few things for the people, the audience that they should expect from Rob Love, what's going on in the next few months for you. Just This is your time to hype up whatever you're doing, get your stuff in. Well, for the next few months and the rest of 2022, watch out for the Texas Kingdom because the kingdom is going to take over, whether it's singles wrestling or tag team wrestling. Myself and the Stud Stash are going to be taking over the rest of 2022. You heard it here, folks, guys. This is King Rob Love joining me in the third edition of the bell to bell sessions. This has been so much fun, man. Make sure you guys follow Rob love on Instagram. You see his handle floating by on the bottom there. Official Rob love. He's posting cards. He's posting pictures of his matches. He's posting videos and clips. And he even interacts with people on Instagram. So send him a message, comment on his post. Make sure you interact with him. He's a very personable guy. So make sure you guys are showing him love and appreciate what he's doing. But again, Rob, I want to thank you for joining me, man. This has been so much fun. Until next time, guys, this has been the Ace Field Retro Bell to Bell interview sessions. We'll catch you next time, guys. Thank you.